Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Satan wants to mess up marriages. He wants to mess up children. He wants to mess up homes. He wants to mess up churches. He wants to make a mess. God wants to build up. He wants us to edify. He wants us to strengthen. He wants us to build up the body of Christ. See, it's necessary that you have temptation. Without being tempted, your character will never develop. Satan has one mission, steal, kill, and destroy. Every aspect of our lives is potentially subject to his harmful ways. Pastor Ed today reminds us that it only takes a small thing, a little compromise, to give Satan the foothold he needs. However, God desires to support us in our efforts to be righteous, and struggling with temptation is one way we can work on our defense against Satan. It isn't easy, but in the end we will be stronger in our faith and our resolve to be more Christ-like. Let's join Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, verse 13 for his continuing study entitled, Deliver Us from the Evil One. I was reading a book by Richard Exley. And this book said, Deliver Me. It it talked about a man that came into the pastor's office. And he said to the pastor, he said, Pastor, I'm going to get married. And the wonderful thing is we're both believers. And we feel it's God's will for us to get married. And the pastor noticed that he seemed somewhat uncomfortable. And so he asked him, well, tell me, where did you meet? He was trying to disarm them, make them feel more comfortable. Where did you meet? Tell me a little bit about this uh, relationship. And then as they began the talk, it came out that she was married to another man. He said, wait a minute. Look what the Bible says. And he read the commandment, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife. And they said, now read this, thou shalt not commit adultery. And then he went through one scripture after another scripture, and he said, read it. And the man said, but I've prayed about it. He said, well, you don't really need to pray about what God has said clearly in his word. As a believer, as a Christian, As someone who knows Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to follow his word. And so when you go into the place of prayer, something happens in the place of prayer. If you've been praying, hallowed be thy name, oh God, may I live a life worthy of your name. May I walk in holiness. If you've been praying, Lord, thy kingdom come. If you've been praying, thy will be done. When your will and his will cross, you surrender and you take up that cross and follow him. See, what God is saying in his word is we need to pray against that type of spirit because Satan is a deceiver. People justify all sorts of things, all sorts of sins. We need to live in the truth. In John 8:44 it says this that Satan does not hold to the truth for there's no truth in him living in the truth if you are a growing vibrant Christian God's truth is going to reside in your heart more and more 
you're going to be conformed to the truth. More and more, you're going to be living in the truth. More and more, the truth of God's word is going to be shaping you and directing you and helping you to live in this present world. Our character should be coming more and more and more like Christ. Less and less of self, more and more of the Savior. There were two older saints in Wilmington, Delaware, Jean and Midge. These ladies were such godly women. I suppose now that they're in their 80s. But I remember the young people would go to them again and again for counsel. They just loved to be around these two older women because they were prayer warriors. They were godly women. My son, every month or so, we must call up a couple of ladies and they just pray together. Let me ask you, with the passing of years... Are more and more people looking to you as a pillar of the church? Are they seeing in you the Christ-like character? Because if truth reigns in your heart, it transforms your life. And more and more, Christ is seen in the book, Bondage Breaker, a wonderful book. Anderson talks about encounters with the powers of darkness. And he said it is more an issue of truth than power. Because the truth sets people free. And the weapon we have in prayer is when we get before God and we begin praying, Lord, deliver me from the evil one, God is all of a sudden going to be speaking to our life about our heart. Because Satan looks to have dominion over your life. He wants a hook that he could have in you. He wants something that he could use against you to ensnare you. In 2 Timothy 2.26, Paul the Apostle said, And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. See, Satan wants control over your life. He wants to take you captive so you will do his will, not God's will. You know, people sometimes look at God's commandments like a restaurant menu. They do. They say, "Mm, I'll choose this one here, I'll choose that one. That one doesn't give me too much trouble here. No. Don't look at the Ten Commandments like a restaurant menu. They weren't ten suggestions. They were ten commandments. We are to take God's Word and direct our lives by what His Word says. That's foolish to think that you could disobey and get away with it. Now imagine you were given a thousand acres of land. If in the very center the giver said, I'm going to keep that center acre. By law in most regions he could build a road right through the rest of the acres to that center acre and have access. 
So many are saying, God, I'll give you 999% of my life, but I want this one area, this one area. And Satan just builds a road right into the center of your life. And so you begin to go closer to God, and all of a sudden Satan pulls out lust, and you're drawn into that lust, and you're derailed in your spiritual life. You begin to grow in faith in God. And all of a sudden, Satan says, "Uh uh-huh. They have a worry wart. They've never cut it off. I'll lay hold of it and pull them back. And you're pulled back in distress. Huh? You have a weakness. You love to look at those magazines on the racks in the grocery store that convey the latest gossip. And someone in the church calls up, have you heard? Oh no, tell me, sister, I'm so concerned. And all of a sudden, you see that person in church and you can't talk to them. See, Satan knows how to attack us. He wants a beachhead in your life. He wants a stake that he could lay hold of. He wants something that he could hold on to you. He wants dominion. He wants domination. Sometimes we don't realize the influence of the kingdom of darkness on people. But it's great. But the influence of the kingdom of light can be greater. For in Acts 10.38 it reads how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. See, what happens is the devil cripples you. In the New Testament, people were bound up because of Satan's oppression and they walked around physically crippled and So it is in the spiritual realm. People are walking around limping spiritually. And God doesn't want them to be like that. I believe as Isaiah 61 talks about God's light coming into Jerusalem and how God's light brings healing and health and restoration and wholeness. One of the great frustrations of those who shepherd God's people is when they counsel someone and someone has so given their thought life over to the enemy. And what you want to do is say, no, 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 no. You need to renew your mind with the Word of God. You need to think biblically. You need to take that, as Pastor Lou would say, stinking thinking out and replace it with godly thinking. And then you're free. People build a box around themselves by their thinking process. That's why God's word is so important. It brings light into our hearts. It frees us. Don't let Satan have dominion over you. He comes as a deceiver. He comes to dominate you. And what he really wants to do is to destroy you. That's the last point. 
John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Look at the garden. Adam and Eve there. There in the garden, God gave them paradise. God gave them each other. He gave them a perfect marriage, a perfect relationship, a perfect world to live in. Satan didn't want them to have it. He wanted to destroy that relationship with God, that relationship with each other, that relationship with the world that they lived in. Satan is a destroyer. Luke talked about the word of God and the importance of the word of God in our life. Well, look at how Jesus battled Satan. He took the sword of the word of God out. He didn't use reason, and he was the master teacher. He didn't speak philosophy, and he is the greatest philosopher. All knowledge is his. He took the word of God out and used it against the adversary. See, Satan will do all that he can to get you out of the word because he wants to destroy you. And so as you're praying, we need to be starting praying the scripture, the word of God, praying biblical prayers, praying the way the Bible instructs us to pray, thinking about God's agenda first, then our concerns, thinking about what God wants and then what we want. When we begin praying God's word, we begin understanding God's mind and his heart. It was General Patton. During World War II, when he was uh, fighting with General Erwin Rommel, and they reportedly said that Patton yelled out as he went into this battle, I read your book, Rommel. I read your book. See, the opposing general had wrote a book, and he carefully detailed his military strategy. Patton read it. He knew exactly what Rommel was going to do. God gave you a manual. It exposes all of the strategies of the enemy of your soul. God gave you a manual that if you take out with holy hands and a pure heart, you're able to use it as a sword and put the enemy of your soul to flight. And the enemy doesn't want that sword in your hand. He doesn't want you having daily devotions. He doesn't want you in the word of God. He doesn't want you meditating on scripture because see, that might set you free. That might give you an edge over him. He knows that. <laughs> Sam Robles talked about prayer. That was the other brother that spoke, Luke Ansel and then Sam Robles. And Sam said how important prayer was in his life. As a child, he should have died. As a child, he shouldn't have lived. But God heard the prayer of praying people. Satan doesn't want you in that prayer closet. Satan doesn't want faith assembly of God, a praying church. Listen, saint, we need to be at these altars praying and beseeching almighty God. We need as a church to say, oh God, we want your mind, we want your heart, we want your will. How can you know the mind of God if you're not in the word of God and you're not on your knees seeking God? Don't talk then. Just be quiet. 
because you'll be talking and your words will smell of smoke. Yes, yes, Hear me, it's the truth. Yes. We need to be in communion with God. Unless we have the mind of God that's revealed in the Word of God, and unless we've been praying and, and seeking God, we're not going to know Him. Someone put this in a very beautiful, poetic way, and I want to read to you. His name was John Dorsey. He talks about the devil's tactics. He said, I had a battle fierce today within my place of prayer. I went to meet and talk with God, but I found Satan there. He whispered, you can't really pray. You lost out long ago. You might say words while on your knees, but you can't pray, you know. So then I pulled my helmet down, way down upon my ears, and found it helped to still his voice and helped allay my fears. I checked my other armor, or my feet in peace were shod, my loins with truth were gird round, my sword the word of God, my righteous breastplate still was on, my heart's love to protect, my shield of faith was all intact. His fiery darts bounced back. I called on God in Jesus' name. I pled the precious blood while Satan sneaked away in shame. I met with God and talked. Satan wants to destroy your future. God's destined you for greatness. God's destined you to rule and to reign with him for eternity. Young people, hear me. God's way is the best way. Choose the people you date by how godly they are, not how charismatic they are. Church family, choose the people you associate with by their walk and devotion to God. Look for those people that are godly holy, devout. Let them influence you. Let them stir your heart to serve God. Fellowship, how important it is. John Morbido spoke about how fellowship was so important in his life when he came to find Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. There, Paul Hossible and others were, greeted him with warmth and love as he walked in the doors. What it meant to him you can't live the Christian life on your own. It's lived in fellowship, in community. You can't be a strong Christian on an island of your own volition, of your own will, on your own. Now, if God placed you there, he'll give you grace. But if you've chosen to go there on your own and say, listen, I'm going to come to church once every month. I'm going to be in church maybe twice. Come on. You were made for the fellowship of the saints. Somehow, when you're discouraged and brother so-and-so lifts up his hand, it lifts you up. And then maybe you're a little disheartened and you see Dan get out in the aisle a little and he begins to give a holy dance. All of a sudden you start saying, oh, Lord, you're good, you're great. Something happens. When you come in the fellowship of the saints, 
And maybe you're discouraged and someone puts their arm around you and prays. See, Satan wants to get you out of the fellowship of the saints. He'll lie to you. He's the master accuser. He's a slanderer. Ah, I'm sorry to say, sometimes Christians pick up his lingo. If you hear someone slandering another person, close your ears, walk away, and don't listen. Hear me on that. Because I've heard the devil talk through some Christians. I have. Don't allow Satan to slander someone. You know, all of a sudden, let me tell you about sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so and this and that. Before you know it, your heart gets a little hardened, a little colder, a little more distant, a little further. Just, well, you know, those people there at the church, they're not that dedicated to the Lord. I don't need to be with them. I could be out on the golf course on Sunday morning, or I could be over here on the bowling alley, or I could be out on the tennis courts, or I don't need... Come on now. The slanderer wants to get you out of fellowship from the saints. You need one another. We need fellowship. We need one another. There will come a day where there will be the dark night of the soul in your life. And if you're not connected with a brother or sister in Christ, you will sink into despondency. You will sink into despair. You will be engulfed by the powers of darkness. But listen, if you have a brother or sister that you're close with, that you pray with, they pray for you, you pray for them. Now, you may strengthen them in this decade, but next decade, they may be the ones to strengthen you. It's that way. It happens. We need the fellowship of the saints So don't let the master slanderer, the accuser of the brethren, who comes beside you and whispers in your ear, and then you whisper in someone else's ear, and then all of a sudden, Satan says, Ah, I own an acre of land there. That's my acre. I have the rights to make the road into their lives. Beloved, church of God, people of God, know that Satan is a destroyer. He wants to destroy you. But God has called you to be delivered. See, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Satan wants to mess up marriages. He wants to mess up children. He wants to mess up homes. He wants to mess up churches. He wants to make a mess God wants to build up. He wants us to edify. He wants us to strengthen. He wants us to build up the body of Christ. See, it's necessary that you have temptation. Without being tempted, your character will never develop. Untried virtue is no virtue at all. But God wants you to be very careful. That's why he says, lead us not in temptation. He teaches you, don't be haphazard. Don't be arrogant. But humbly walk with God, recognizing that you need to walk carefully because it's only by the grace of God you stand. And by His grace you stand alone. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer in the Bible that is known the worldwide. 
There is so much truth contained in this example of how we're to pray. From hallowing the name of the Lord to delivering us from the evil one. Each day, Pastor Ed will share with us what each piece of this prayer means and how it applies to our lives today. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith, subscribe to our Twitter feed at VOF Radio. Again, to follow the Voice of Faith Twitter feed or to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will continue sharing messages from this series entitled The Lord's Prayer, taught from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you.